Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. This is Teachable Tuesday, and today I'm talking about the body's response. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Now, which one are you? And I'm not talking about just in that heat of the moment things, but this is just what kind of personality do you have? Now, I am coming to you live on Tuesdays. It's Teachable Tuesday, and on Sundays I do come on and talk about Soulful Sundays for self-care. Now, this is my page. I did start this in order to help educate and empower others so they know about emotional traumas, abuse, mainly abuse, because that is something that I have a background on. I am a childhood abuse survivor as well as domestic violence survivor later, as um, I did experience teen dating violence as well. So I come came on initially to kind of just vent and get my story out there a little bit to blast my ex at the time because I was very angry. I was very hurt and I felt alone. I didn't feel like I had a voice, but also in addition to that, I was in a situation where there was a murder for hire. I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to actually make it to 40. I was living in constant fear. I was living in constant, um, this fight, 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 freeze and fawn mode. I really was. Actually, I'm a little bit of all of those. And um, at least I was. So I was living in that heightened sense of hypervigilance all the time. I didn't want to be one of those statistics that somebody just scrolled past and said, oh yeah, that's a shame. She was in a domestic violence situation and her ex killed her. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to make sure that my story was heard, that I was seen, that I started to take more selfies, which is something I didn't do back then because I was very ashamed of my appearance. My ex had worn me down so much. I thought I was really fat. I thought it was very unattractive and not that I'm vain at all but I didn't smile because he said my teeth were crooked and my mouth moves funny and you know, it was off center and crooked. I had dark circles. I still do. I have dark circles. I had, uh, you know, just different things he could pick apart about me. He did. And so I just was very camera shy for a very long time. I, again, began to feel more emboldened and more powerful, empowered to start stepping out to share my story. So I, wanted to go, if I'm going to go out of this world, if he's going to take me out, I'm going to go out fighting. So that's where this hope when there was none kind of spun from me blogging, and then eventually taking a leap of faith um, by a spiritual prompting there and started sharing in a bigger, bigger way by coming out on video, not just blogging, but actually coming out on video. So that's where all of this kind of spun out from. Now you might hear sounds, you might hear things coming from the around me, I don't have a professional studio. You can find me at different places of my house. I have notes, so you might hear shuffling of my papers. I have chickens. I have a goat. I have other little animals running around. Of course, my children and my husband. You might catch him snoring <laughs> on video. You might hear slamming doors. You can hear laughing or giggling or well, who knows, people just running around. So I don't have that professional studio 
you just have me as I am. And I'm not going to put on airs and you're not going to see any of that, you know, fancy stuff right now, maybe sometime down the road. But this is how I am. This is who I am. Love me or not. That's okay. But again, that's not what this is about. What it is about is just getting out the story, not only mine, but now I come and I share experts, but also those brave warriors that want to come forward and share. Maybe it's a a divorce they went through. Perhaps it was a miscarriage, a sexual assault. It could be that they've experienced some sort of bigotry or um, homelessness, whatever that is, whatever that emotional emotional trauma looks like for somebody else, I'm bringing that toward to you so you can see what that is. And a lot of these actually affect many of us privately. We just don't always come forward and share that. For me, it was a God moment where God really just kind of was chasing me for a very long time and finally like, okay, Lord, I will do this. And so that's why I'm here now. And again, I'm not doing it for glory. I'm not doing it to boast like, Hey, this is what I'm doing for my community. What are you doing? You know, it's not like that. It's, I, I feel like um, this is just something that I can do to give back. So many people helped me. This is an act of service that I can do from the Lord. And I don't even know who I'll affect. I compromised and bargained with him. If I can help one person, God, if I can do this for one person, then fine, I'll do it. You know, I kind of like angrily yelled at him, stomping my feet like a kid. And um, so that's where you have me today. And I finally went ahead and just surrendered because it's not me. It's not about me. This is something bigger. All of this is bigger. All of the stories that I bring to you, all of the experts that come on. And again, those courageous warriors that share their story, it's bigger. It's going to affect somebody. Their story is going to, it's going to have that snowball effect. So that's why I'm doing this. So right now today, I'm going to bring you that fight, flight, freeze and fawn. So when we're in the situation where we have these moments are perhaps a deer talk about fawns, maybe a deer runs out in front of your car. Perhaps you get a note from your boss to say that he wants to see you in the office. We have these emotions and these hormones, these chemical responses in our body that actually can raise our adrenaline, our cortisol. It, it's just this marvelous thing that happens, but at the same time, your, your bladder's clenching, your, your, your tummy's upset, your breathing may increase, you get sweaty, you might feel like a little bit of brain fog there and, and almost like you're in a cloud. So these body issues do affect us and that's sort of what happens, especially when we're going into that response where let's say you're, you're hit by a car or you're in a trauma situation, a toxic relationship where you're confronted physically, emotionally, um, mentally, and so on day in, day out, you might be experiencing this on a level where eventually your adrenals decide that they're going to crap out. I have adrenal fatigue myself. My body is challenged by adrenal fatigue. I'm not claiming it, but these are experiences that can happen when you're in that chronic state of fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So everyone presents differently. Everybody's body reacts differently. Some people have physical symptoms. Some people do not. Maybe it's not sleeping, not eating enough. There could be nightmares like a PTSD type of thing. Again, our body just reacts as hormones react differently at different moments. And that prompts us to have these different responses. So your body's trying to figure out, okay, this is going on. What can I do for him, her? What can I do for this person? What just needs to go on the back burner? So what can I do immediately at that moment until that situation stabilizes? Now, it might take your body up to 30 minutes in order to calm back down. And you all know what I'm talking about. Someone steals your parking space when you're ready to go into there and some booger whoops around and gets that spot and you're just like, oh, dang it. 
you know what I mean? So it does take time for our body to calm down. So again, it's not necessarily that it's a trauma response because of, of somebody abusing you. It could be just that darn stinker cut you off while you were driving, something like that. So the fight response. So I'm going to give you a flip side because I actually found, and I'm looking at my computer now, while I was doing some research on this, because I really didn't know what the fawn response was, I'll be honest with you. I've been learning a lot as I've gone through these, um, gone through my experience. I didn't start out knowing what a narcissist is. Girl, I did not know who or what this person was that was harming me. All I know is that my ex, my then husband was treating me poorly. I knew it wasn't right. I didn't know there was a label for these things. I had no idea. So learning about the different abuses and so on, um, I've had people, well, you're an expert. No, I'm just somebody that wants to know more information. I don't consider myself an expert. I've been where you are. I understand. But I made it to a point where I decided I was not going to allow my ex any more freedom to hurt me in my mind, in my body, with or without me. So if I was still in that situation, I had made a conscious decision. I don't want to do this anymore. And I started healing. And I know I was just talking about this with a friend eventually and hopefully you'll get to a point where you're like, uh-uh, he's not taking or she's not taking residence in my head anymore. And you start to work on yourself. There are some people and you get addicted to drama. I know it happens. I know you keep scrolling on their social media to see what they're saying about you. Do they have a new girlfriend, a new boyfriend already? And, you know, hey, it's been a hot minute since you guys got broke up. How come there was somebody already? You know, you just get addicted to that banter back and forth on your cell phone. So I know I get it. Anyway, let's get back to this. So that fight example. So I'm not talking about when you're in that moment. And it could be maybe someone cut you off in traffic. And so you automatically, maybe you have a partner that automatically starts bullying that driver that sh that has a gun or a weapon and they wave it at that person. And I did have this. My ex actually attacked a bus driver with a hatchet. Actually, he didn't attack him with a hatchet. That's what the news said. He had it by his side. He showed the bus driver the hatchet. And... um. The bus driver, of course, called the police. So he was arrested for that. But that is something that he did. So somebody that has a fight kind of behavior, they are controlling, they're bullying, they're aggressive, they're angry. They have maybe a quick temper or bursts, angry outbursts. There's a sense of entitlement. But on the flip side, when you have something that's like a trauma type of situation, an abusive situation, there is, because I, I know there has to be a flip side to these, because when I was reading through these, I'm thinking, you know what? No, this doesn't seem right. There is defending yourself against others, being in that survival type of mode where you need to defend yourself, having boundaries, having courage to stand up for yourself and leadership. And there's a little bit of moxie in there too. So flight. Now, again, I can relate to all of these, but definitely these next few for sure. Flight. Are you one that runs away? Do you back down really quickly from a situation that might be challenging? This type of behavior is also someone that's an overachiever, maybe has obsessive compulsive behaviors, seems to always keep themselves busy. Everything might have to be perfect. Now on the plus side, we're going to, again, look on the flip side. There's some disengagement, perseverance. There's know-how very industrious, you know when to let things kind of lie, okay, or retreat to safety. Now freezing. Now freezing, are, are you playing possum with your life? Maybe that could be a video. When life is challenging, or maybe there's situations that are challenging, do you freeze up? 
you know, kind of deer in the headlights type of thing. When things arise, you feel numb. You might feel helpless. You isolate yourself. You could have a hard time making decisions. That spacey brain fog kind of feeling. You feel stuck, depressed. You might even feel ashamed. But on the plus side, you can be very mindful peaceful. You have this presence about you and also some awareness, acute awareness. Now fawning, I'm not talking about Bambi. And I know I mentioned deer just a little bit. It's not that cute little movie thing, but I'm talking about, are you a people pleaser or maybe becoming a people pleaser? You avoid conflicts or heated engagements at all costs. You don't like confrontations at all. You have a tendency to be codependent and people seem to take advantage of you now, you also may have a very low self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence in yourself, have very little to no boundaries. You could be very afraid to speak your mind or speak up. Maybe you have some thoughts there, but you don't feel confident enough to speak up. On the plus side, you could be a very good listener, very fair. You tend to be a peacekeeper. You love and you keep service to others. You're a compromiser. So how the heck can you heal any of these? First of all, it's admitting that maybe you have one of these or all of these. And again, some of these, you have that plus side, that flip side, they're not necessarily bad things, especially when you're in that trauma moment, you're doing whatever you can to survive. And you know, you I look back at one point in time, I was like, well, I didn't do enough. Well, I was doing what I could in that situation in order to survive, to keep that peace in order to, and I became that people pleaser because I know if I didn't do what I did, if I didn't respond to the way I did to that situation, I hope that makes sense the alternative would have been very dangerous or very bad. So I knew I had to do what I had to say, what I had to do, how I needed to act in order to keep the peace, in order to keep calm. So yeah, you can hear that that fawn. Yeah, that was me. And I did that a lot. But again, I can relate to all of those. I really can. So again, admitting it, maybe you have these issues is the first step. Telling somebody about your situation, your challenges, that goes a long way too. And I'm not talking about, okay, maybe uh, something, I don't want to say simple as a fender bender, but when you get into these responses that are, are more because you're in a traumatic situation, you're in an abusive situation, then you need to tell somebody. You might be like me and keep it a secret as long as you can. I was, I kept it a secret. People had maybe knew a little bit something was going on, but they didn't know the full story until the, until I reached out, told somebody, and well, in a big way, when I shared my story, when I shared my book, many people didn't know about the childhood trauma, about the trauma as a teenager and, and so on. So people didn't know. So if you can find a family friend, um, clergy member, somebody that you can, and even a therapist, somebody that you can relate to that maybe even has some background in trauma, a trauma counselor, that would go a long way just to start making those baby steps. And a lot of it, and I'm going to harp on it, it's self-care. A lot of this is self-care, getting it out, journaling, kind of throwing up on, in a journal, in a book. If you can't do that, maybe just do it on video privately or on some sort of um, private recorder. Have uh, My friend, Ms. Joe, gave a great idea of maybe having a private diary. You might not be safe. You might not be able to have a file on your computer labeled as something entirely different that no one would know and type in there. Or like me, I would blog and I would uh, sh share it with my sister or I would send it to my sister on the sly. 
can you leave the workplace or you remove yourself from your situation from that home or maybe it's a school, maybe it's a bullying situation. Can you safely remove yourself or your child even out of that situation and create a safety plan? What can you do if you need to go? And I get this a lot. Well, and I don't want to leave because I don't want him to have the house or I don't want her to have the house or the car or this, that. You are so much more worth it than those things. Let it go. I mean, you might have this battle later on. Please do me a favor. Reach out to an attorney. Reach out to somebody that might have a legal background to find out what your what your standing is. I encourage you to do that. Most attorneys, at least here in the state, do give some sort of free um, free advice before you see them. You might have a half hour to talk with this person, but they can give you some ideas. They can give you um, even some peace of mind to know, okay, I do have rights. I do have, I do, I do have a legal standing in this situation because it can be very hopeless. You can feel very helpless when you're going through all of this, especially with legal land. There can be a feeling of this is all there is. I might as well just stay in this situation because I'll be penniless. I won't have a place to go. I won't have a job, whatever, whatever people will think, blah, 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 blah. I got to ask you, can you see yourself where you are right now? Let's say within a year. Okay. Let's do two years. Let's stretch that to five and 10 and so on. Are you going to wait until your children are 18? Are you going to wait until maybe some money comes in and he or she is in a better job? Are you going to wait till after the holidays? So ask yourself, is it really worth it right now to keep holding on, to wait? And I know there's so many out there that are against going to shelters. Fine, maybe you're against going to shelter, but at least reach out to a shelter to ask them, what is some resources that I can use? What is something I can use? Is there some sort of counseling? Is there some sort of support group? Is there some sort of legal action or legal attorney I can reach out to? Please, I encourage you, I implore you to do that. Just to kind of gain some empowerment, take back your power by finding the resources that you need. I got to tell you that I really felt very empowered, almost emboldened when I started to take that bit of control back. And it was small. It was very small. And I, I, I did. It made me feel a sense of relief to some sort in some little ways. So I encourage you, please, please, no such a situation is helpless. It can get really sticky. It can be very messy as you go on. And if you don't act first, Sometimes those situations, when you don't act first, they can have devastating effects. So I'm not trying to scare you, but you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I am not. I, I want to tell you at a, from a heart and a place of love that it's going to be hard. It's going to be messy, sticky. It's going, there are going to be times when you want to cry. There's going to be times where you feel very lonely. There's going to be times when you just want to give up. But whoever's watching this, there is somebody out there besides me. There's many women out there and I've interviewed quite a few of them, Holly and Lauren and uh, oh gosh, just so many that have went through hell and back and they've gotten through the other side. And my friend Brianne, and I can think of many ladies in the Survivors Cafe, Ms. Joe, 
you're not alone. There is a community, there are warriors out there, not just in my group, the Survivors Cafe, but there are warriors out there probably in your own circle. So I encourage you, maybe if you can take that baby step to reach out to somebody, somebody that um, you trust, please do that. Again, or it can be just a woman's shelter to find out information or contact that attorney you've been putting off. I'm sorry, I've got a hot flash and it's really warm up here. <laughs> I don't mean to giggle or laugh right now, but I'm trying to be very serious to let you know that you're not alone, that you, if you need help, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to find, figure out and find out what I can um, to help you or direct you on the path. I don't have all the answers. And sometimes when I reach out to people, I don't always hear from them as quickly as I'd like to, but I'll do my best to help you or give you some direction or ideas. So I'm going to sign off. This is Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I know I ragged on a little bit longer than I needed to, but I hope this gave you some encouragement and maybe a little bit of wisdom, but also to know that you're not alone. But I believe in you and I'm here for you. So this is Melinda signing off from Hope When There Was None. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you have any questions or comments, or do you relate to any of these? Are you one of those people that does the fighting, the flighting, the freezing, or the fawning? I'd love to know. Put it in the comment section. If you found any value in this or any of the other information that I have on the Hope When There Was None page, by all means, please do me a favor. And can you maybe just hear that? share that button, you know, just hit that button for me. I'd appreciate it or download it if you're listening to the podcast and share that as well. So you have a great rest of your day. I love you. And I believe in you. Stay safe. I hope your day is filled with blessings, magic and miracles. Bye.